live from Cape Town. This is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. قلب سليم. Sound heart. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome into this section which is a series of the clarification of noble character. The program is based on the book clarification of noble character book written by Sheikh Habib Umar bin Hafiz. We welcome online our special guest doing the commentary and explanation, Mulna Abdurrahman Khan, director and founder of Darul Turath al-Islami. And today Mulna will be discussing keeping promises and humility inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Alhamdulillah, and yourself, Molina? Alhamdulillah. Well, Molina, we're very excited to be listening uh, to you on on this topic, keeping promises and humility. So, Molina, you may be smiling. The chapter that we're dealing with today is. Lesson 17 from the book Clarification of Noble Character by teacher Sayyid Alama Habib Umar bin Muhammad bin Hafiz. And it speaks about keeping promises. Believers consider the breaking of a promise to be a departure from the ethics of the sacred law and a failure to fulfill its obligations. Habib has a number of important discussions under this particular chapter heading. Um, he said that keeping one's promise and honoring one's co- covenant are attributes of those who be the way of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam informed us that one of the signs of a hypocrite is that of the hypocrites are that they break their promises and thus and the Prophet thus warned against resembling them. Uh, we all know that the Munafiqun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has dedicated a special place in the lowest of Jahannam for them. And therefore, a believer should always utmost never ever to resemble a hypocrite in any way. And the Prophet said that the quality of a hypocrite is that is a wa'ada when he makes a promise, akhlas, he breaks that promise. And many a time means that I promise I will do this or I promise I won't do that. But there are many promises that happen within our daily lives except that we don't necessarily see it as a promise. Because a promise is an agreement between you and I. If you and I enter an agreement, then I am promising to do certain things and you are promising to do certain things. And one of the most common agreements and contracts that we are all in is our employment contracts. So if I am an employee at a particular uh, uh, business or a particular company, then my contract is a promise that I am agreeing to fulfill the mandate of that contract. And when I do not fulfill that mandate of the contract, it means that I am not keeping my promise and thus I'm guilty of something which is haram, number one. And number two, I'm guilty of resembling a disbeliever. Uh, when I do not use the time that is allocated for a particular task in my work, in, in, according to my mandate, it means that I'm effectively breaking a promise. When I must use the property of my work, when I must use the telephone, when I must use the internet, these are all ways in which we become guilty of breaking promises. Uh, and this is a serious thing that we should be reflecting on, and this is something that we should be giving should be giving thought. Uh, there, are, there are beautiful examples. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the best example in this regard. And why it's so important to impress that these are 
uh, Islamic quality is the fact that uh, Sir Hazimullah makes a point in, in, in this particular chapter and he says that uh, the problem of not keeping promises and not sticking to our contract and our word is so common among Muslims. He said that being punctual and keeping one's word as being uh, the, uh, so uncommon among Muslims that many Muslims consider the fact of keeping promises and fulfilling mandates and not going against the mandate we consider to be to be, we consider it to be non-Muslim values, and that is very problematic. And it speaks of a of a, of a, of, of, of a great ignorance within the Muslim community if they start believing that being a proper employee at my work and not taking advantage or uh, being on time for a meeting or being on time for an appointment are non-Muslim qualities as a major problem. If I am invited to a function and I agree to attend a dinner or a supper or a lunch that day, agree time was at 2 o'clock and I come around at half past 2, that means that I have not fulfilled my promise in being there on time. And many a times it's not being on time at a particular function causes so many people difficulty because the person that came half past 1 for the 2 o'clock meeting is there from half past 1. And when you pitch up at half past 2, half an hour late for the actual meeting, that means that you actually waste, wasted one hour of that person's time. And these are qualities that the Sharia encourages us to be particular. The Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, think about this, the best of Allah's creation, he entered in a, an agreement with a particular man, with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, uh, loaned him some, some monies. And then they agreed that we're going to be meeting at a certain place where you'll be paying me back at a certain day and at a certain time. The man who promised to pay the Prophet Sallallahu back at that time, he forgot about the meeting, and only three days later came to realize that he forgot, and then he went to the meeting place, finding the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu waiting there. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to him, that you have placed a new hardship upon me, I have been waiting here for three days. So the Prophet Sallallahu honored his promise to such an, such an extent, that not only was Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on time, but the Prophet waited three days for that person, so that the Prophet cannot be guilty of breaking a promise. The great Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq from the prophetic household, uh, he made once made a promise to do something. Or rather, when he made a promise to do something, he would not be content to eat or drink until he had done that thing. The righteous preferred to spontaneously do good, uh, to spontaneously do good to others without first making promises. Right? Uh, when they made promises, they would be extremely particular in ensuring that they would execute the deed, would execute the promise as how they made, as how they described it in the agreement that they made. And this is a very, very important lesson for us to be taking as Muslims. Let us understand that my mandate is a promise, my contract is a promise. When I'm speaking to people and I agree to attend a particular program, then I'm agreeing to be on time. If I'm part of a meeting, whether it's related to the masjid or to my sports club, whatever the case may be, my agreement is to be on time, I should be on time. These are from the very important qualities of being a believer. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the words of our author, when he concludes this chapter, he says, May Allah give us the ability to embody the character traits which are pleasing to him and make us people who uprightly follow the teachings of the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa in their words and deeds. Oh Allah, make the Muslims firm, rectify and take care of the affairs and deflect harm from them. May Allah bestow his peace and blessings upon our Master Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon his family and companions. All praise be to Allah, Lord of the world. 
I mean, well, it's been Colbin Salim for this past month of Ramadan and mashallah, it's been an absolutely wonderful um, month to spend in all of your company. And it's been such a wonderful gift because we get to spend it in company of our Mashiach, such as Sheikh Abdurrahman Khan. And Alhamdulillah, we have, uh, are we doing humility now, Maulana? That's correct, Sister Tasneema. Okay, Maulana, may bismillah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. We continue with our comment on the clarification of noble character. Uh, humility, lesson 18. Believers should regard themselves to be the lowest of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation and the most needy of his servants. Humility is a very, very, very important quality for all Muslims to have and for all Muslims to develop a quality that we must install within our youth, within our young uh, our, our Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he told us in a very beautiful narration that is so often quoted, but yet uh, how much how much time are we really taking to implement it within our lives and within the lives of our families, within the lives of our children, especially especially children that happen to be excelling in academics and children that happen to be excelling in the Islamic studies, even more so and more effort should be placed within them to develop the quality of humanity that always and at all times consider others to be better than you and never ever consider yourself to be better than others. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that the one who shows humility for the sake of Allah, man lillah, rafa'ahullah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will elevate and raise that person. And thus we know that uh, the more humble and hum- more humble and more humility a person uh, imbibes in his life, the more his status will be elevated in the eyes of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. That's what matters. That's what counts. What people think does not matter. How people, whether people regard me to be of a high standard or whether people consider me to be of a of having good status, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. What matters is what Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala thinks of me. And the more humble I act towards the creation of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. The more Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala considers me uh, better and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevates my, my status. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described the Ibad al-Rahman. You know, the Ibad al-Rahman is a, 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 a very common used term. Allah he, he speaks about the servants or the slaves of Ar-Rahman, the most merciful. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Furqan gives us a very beautiful description of him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَعِبَادُ الرَّحْمَنِ الَّذِينَ يَمْشُونَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ هُونًا وَإِذَا خَاطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, the slaves of the most compassionate, the most merciful, Ar-Rahman, are those who walk on the earth in humility. <laughs> and if ignorant address them, they say peace. They are those who spend the night in worship of the Lord, prostrating and standing. And that's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that a true slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even shows humility to inanimate objects. He shows humility to the ground that he is walking on, and therefore the slaves of Allah, Allah said about them that when they walk on the earth, they walk upon the earth, sitting lightly with humility, even showing respect to the earth that they're walking upon. We had a, a, a teacher, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with him, he was the principal of the afternoon madrasa that uh, we studied at, uh, um, Yusuf, what he said, Yusuf Nobs, his name was, and he taught us to show respect to even inanimate objects, and from him we learned lessons that one cannot forget. And as we're speaking about him on radio today, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put nur in, in his grave and elevate his status and grant him a high place in Jannah for the service that he gave to this community. And and he, he came in a class one day when a child threw a pencil or a pen. And then he, in a beautiful manner, told the child 
that the pen is an instrument of learning, and thus one should show respect to that pen. And even to that extent, uh, the true servants of Allah show humility even to inanimate objects. And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised to raise the people of humility, as Allah promised to raise people of humility, similarly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised to lower the arrogant, to abase the arrogant in this life and the next. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, truly he does not love the arrogant. The opposite of humility is to develop the quality of arrogance. And arrogance comes in, in a person's life when a person imagines himself to be better, when a person develops haughtiness or he develops pride, when he walks with his head held high. Uh, this is normally the case when a person tends to have things of this world, when he has wealth, when he has a beautiful car, when he has a nice home, when he has knowledge, knowledge of sacred law and sometimes knowledge of uh, secular sciences as well. When a person tends to have things of this world, he develops a quality of arrogance, and arrogance means that he now considers himself to be better than others, and he considers himself more worthy of being respected, and people should perhaps stand up for him or kiss his hand. And uh, he's not happy with sitting at the back of a gathering when he enters a program, and the back of the gathering is not good enough for him. He feels it necessary to be seated right in the front, where everybody sees him and everybody respects him, and he tends to wear the best of clothing and so forth and so on. And it's very important for the person that has arrogance to understand, as said Hadi Umar mentions here in the clarification of noble character, that the world is too contemptible for people to show arrogance concerning it. They should know that Fir'aun, Haman, and Qarun possess more than they do. What person of arrogance and wealth today, actually, what person of wealth and arrogance today has the same amount of wealth that Fir'aun, Haman, and Qarun had? They had much more. They were kings. They had, and he, they had uh, so many, so many mountains of gold and, and wealth. And, 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 and then, said Habib Umar said, are they really the ones they wish to take as an example? Are they content for their faith to be like theirs, which the Creator has mentioned in the Quran? Real pride and honor are not to be attained through this world because honor belongs to Allah and His Messenger and to the believers. So, honor lies in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, one of our brothers, are you with me, Sister Taslima? Yes, I am, Olana. We're listening very, very attentively. Bismillah. So, one of the brothers that is performing Yatika for us at the Masjid here in Kalanda, Masjid al Rahma. And while I'm at it, especially our brothers and even sisters, you are able to be part of our program taking place during the last 10 days at the Kalanda Masjid. Please try to join in. Some of them are really beneficial. We have classes taking place after Fajr and then after Zuhr and then after Asr. And we have after the Salat al-Taraweeh, we have Salat al-Tasbih, and then we have Nasiha, where we have brothers sharing their experiences in their past, traveling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of the brothers uh, that shared his experiences last night is really ties into my topic today, and therefore I'm mentioning it. Uh, our brother uh, Yusuf uh, Joseph. He, he was saying that, uh, he said, imagine, imagine that someone was to take the wing of a mosquito, mm. and then he frames his wing of the mosquito and he preserves the wing of the mosquito and he carries it on his head and he shows it respect and he has so much, uh, he's so happy about this wing and he speaks to everyone about the wing of this mosquito and, and, and he goes on and he made the example. People would think this person is crazy. He's spending so much money to preserve it, he's highlighting it, he's speaking about it, he takes it where it goes, he places it on his head, etc. 
you know, what? How can he be saying so much honor and so much respect and spending so much time on just the wing of a mosquito? And there are so many mosquitoes and so many wings. And uh, that exactly is the dunya. Because our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he told us that had this dunya being equal to the light of the wing of a neck of a mosquito, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not have given the disbeliever a sip of water. Which means that this dunya in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not even equal to the wing of a mosquito. So how can I consider myself to be better than others for having a wing of a mosquito? And no matter how much wealth you and I may possess, it's only going to be a point zero 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 one percent of the dunya, which means that the point zero 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 one percent of the wing of a mosquito, how could I consider myself better for having a point zero 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 one percent of a wing of a mosquito? The dunya means nothing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What matters in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our conduct, the way we conduct ourselves, the way we interact with people. And the more humble I am, the more humility I have, the more Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be all pleased with me, and the more Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will elevate my status in this world and on the day of judgment. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the best example of humility. He was the best example of being humble. He was the boss of all those who are humble. Uh, the slave girls of Medina al Munawwara would call upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and request to speak with him. And, uh, uh, and sometimes they would request from him sallallahu to buy something for them or to fulfill some of their needs. And the Prophet sallallahu whenever he was confronted by these slave girls, that everybody would walk by, nobody would be taking note of, and everyone was considered to be the downtrodden. The Prophet he took time, he listened to them, he answered their questions, he fulfilled their needs. And if they, if they requested him to purchase something with him, he would go and purchase it for them. So the Prophet never considered himself better even than those, those young slave girls that were considered to be the downtrodden in society. He interacted with the poor, he interacted with the needy. He said, oh Allah, keep me among the poor and resurrect me on the day of judgment among the poor. So the Prophet ﷺ was the best example of humility. Uh, I remember that one of the great imams in the valley of Habramaut, uh, I think it might have been Imam Al-Aidarus or the son of Imam Al-Aidarus. So the father sent out the boy one day from home and said, I want you to go outside. This is in the city of Tarim. And he said that, see if you can find anyone that is lower in status than you and bring him to me. Find anyone that is lower in status than you and bring him to me. So the young boy, he left home. He the Imam Al-Aidarus who is son. He left home. He went to the marketplace. When he came to the marketplace, he found that everyone was buying and selling and they were fulfilling the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of the Islamic business law and no one was cheating and everyone was fulfilling Allah's law and they were earning a halal means for their families and thus they were engaged in an act of worship and he said to himself, all these people are fulfilling Allah's law, taking care of their families, earning halal money, they are all better than me. I'm not going to find anyone lower in status than me here at the marketplace. So he decided to retire the masjid and when he entered the masjid, he found people in Ruku and he found others in Sajda and he found some reciting the Quran and he found some crying before Allah and he said, all of these people are making ibadah, how can I find someone that is lower in status than me in the masjid? So he left and he went from one venue to the next venue and wherever he went, he considered everyone to be greater and better than him and no one lower than him until eventually he decided that I cannot find anyone lower in status than me. And on his way home, he came across the corpse of a dead dog. And then he said, Alhamdulillah, I found someone that is in lower status, that has a lower status than me, the corpse of this dead dog. So he tied it to the rope and started pulling it to his home. 
as his father requested, that find anyone with a lower status than you and bring him home. So as he was pulling the dog, the young boy realized and he said to himself that, you know, this dog has died. And this dog will not be raised on the day of judgment and he will not be questioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And therefore this dog in reality is in a better state than what I am because I will be resurrected one day and I will stand before Allah and I don't know what's going to become of me. This dog, nothing will become of him. I might have to go to the fire of Jahannam. I may be taken to task for my wrongs. This dog is actually better off than what I am. And then he went home and he said to his father, Oh, my father, I searched and I looked and I went from venue to venue and I could not find a single person that has a lower status than me. I am, I have the lowest status of everyone in this town. And then said Habib Umar, when he narrated this incident, he said that the young imam at that time, despite his young age, was completing every second night in his salat al-tahajjud, he was completing a khatam of the Qur'an. So every second night he's completing a khatam of the Qur'an in his tahajjud, but he couldn't find a single person that had a lower status than him in the community, not because they wasn't, but because the training was such to consider themselves to be the lowest, and never to consider yourself to be better than anyone else. And this was the sunnah and the quality of our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the grandfather Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Uh, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, if I have time, Sister Tasneema? Yes, about a minute, uh, Maulana. So Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha was the Ummul Mu'mineen, the mother of the believers, she said, we did not use to take undue notice of him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he entered the house. We were not in awe of him, nor did we fear him. So the Prophet sallallahu was so simple and so, had so much humility that when he entered his home, Everyone mixed with him, and if it was an ordinary person that entered, even though that even though he was the best of Allah's creation, she said this was because of the state of utter humility in which he entered. And then she said the exception was a lamb which used to live in the house; it used to come and go. But if the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam entered, it would sit in the corner and remain motionless until he sallallahu alaihi wasallam would leave. And that was the messenger Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We conclude as usual with the prayer of Sayyid Habib Umar at the end of the chapter. We said, Oh Allah, guide us to the best of actions and the best of character, for no one but you may do so. And rid us of all, rid us of evil actions and character, for no one but you may do so. By your mercy, O most merciful, may the blessings and peace of Allah be upon Amwasa Muhammad and upon his family and companions and all those who follow them with excellence until, until the day of recompense. All praise be to Allah. Lord of the world وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَى سَيْدِنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ Ameen. Well, mashallah, Mawlana, it's been quite amazing being in your company over these weeks for Ramadan. I need to say shukran uh, to you for availing yourself and for imparting such wonderful wisdoms over the month of Ramadan. May Allah be well pleased with you and your family, inshallah. That was really, my, really mine and I, I'm honored that the voice of the Cape has given me the opportunity to be commenting on this book with him on the airwaves. Jazakum Allah. Well, that was Molina Abdurrahman Khan doing the commentary and explanation of the book Clarification of Noble Character by Habib Umar bin Hafiz. The book is available at Darul Turaf al-Islami and Timbuktu Bookshop. Do note the podcast will be uploaded onto www.iono.fm and Facebook, inshallah. From myself to Slima Ali, have an absolutely beautiful Tuesday and a safe way home. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.